0: And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of most ages over 18 years of older, because uh, we have a colorful language here on the show. Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with myself, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And we are here live tonight. We are here live every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where we bring you the place where we expand your confidence, your mindset, and your ultimate ability to be authentic and congru- 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 congruently rock. What it is that you got going on in your life? So thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Admittedly, I am struggling tonight a little bit. Uh, last week I had a, a cold, and I think that cold has transitioned into something else. My poor son has been home for two days, uh, unfortunately with a stomach flu. I don't have it that bad, but uh, I'm not feeling all my greatest. But I'm still going to bring you the content here today because this is exciting stuff, and this is something we should all be doing in our lives: is recapping the current year and then planning our next years. But we're going to get into that in just a second. We got uh, Ray in the house. What's going on, Ray? What's up? He says, "Love you." you, brother. Love you too, man. hope you're having a a great holiday season so far and you and your wife are doing amazing and things are looking up for you guys. I appreciate you being here, right? And everybody else who's watching and listening, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, or anywhere else, if you're listening to the podcast, of course, this is a video cast that goes to audio podcast. Um, so you guys can get the podcast wherever podcasts are sold, whether it's like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts, you guys can go in there and look up raw and unscripted and yours truly will come up there. So thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Got a couple of cool things. Just wanted to tell you about Uh, i've had a pretty good day today we got robert in the house before i get into that what's up robert he says hi christopher computer fuddled by antivirus oh man that sucks i hate when that happens um let's see why am i not hearing myself too well um can you guys hear me okay hopefully you guys can hear me okay today i got in a great opportunity I have a few people here in Southern California who reach out to me every once in a while when they're having a class or they're having some troubled kids in their class and they need to hear an inspirational story. And I got a call from the other day from my friend, Leah, and she says, hey, can you come speak to my class? And I said, absolutely, no problem. So we hooked it up for today at 930, got a chance to go in there and uh, Leah uh, actually teaches the most extreme cases of at-risk kids here in Riverside County and San Bernardino County. So these are the kids that have been in the most trouble, have the most challenge with their at-home life and everything else. So I come in there and I share my story. And then more importantly, I share what I've done to become the man that I am today. So I got this opportunity, although I'm sick, I wound up going in there and wore my mask and everything, but uh, um, just wanted to share this little cool little picture with you guys, uh, since it's just me that we have no guests tonight. So Um, I'm going to just go kind of easy today. So we're just going to have a little fun. So I just want to share this with you. Here's a picture with me and some of the kids, uh, earlier today. So some beautiful, bright, energetic souls who have uh, challenges to say the least, but I got a chance to go in there and share my story. And more importantly, they got opportunities to ask me questions. So I share this with you because, you know, one of the big things in my life is waking up every single day and using my words, and my actions to make a difference in this world. And there's no better way to do that than doing it live and in front of people. You know, obviously with COVID and the pandemic and everything, I wasn't able to go out there and speak to people in person. I was able to do a lot of virtual stuff, which was cool, but being able to be there and to be able to answer questions live and to shake people's hands and give them a hug. was a tremendous, tremendous experience. So Leah, if you're watching, thank you so much for having me. And for all you guys out there, if you have a school uh, situation or you have kids that need somebody to mentor them, they need a positive role model, please let me know. And whatever I could do to possibly help, whether it's a a video, whether it's a, a Zoom meeting, whether it's me going there live speaking, whatever I could do to support the kids and the children in your community, please reach out to me. I appreciate it. These are some uh, some some incredible individuals and I got to hear a little bit about their story and uh, you know, very, very, um, very challenging what the kids are facing in today's world. So you got that opportunity to do that. And then uh, if you guys have been watching my social feed, I got something else coming up. It's uh, this Saturday, December 10th, it's uh, 5 PM Eastern standard time. So that is like, 2 PM, uh, Western standard time, like four, three, two. Yeah. So two o'clock on Saturday, uh, California time, I get the opportunity to go and present, uh, not, not, uh, not in person, but I get an opportunity to go present, uh, this particular conference, It's called ignite end of year celebration and you're invited. So we got Clifford Stark, Chris Salem, Linda Dong, uh, Craig Porter, and myself, Christopher Roush, uh, ignite your vision for 2023 organized by the different people right there. So if you're interested and you want to go attend this, let me know, and I will send you a link and I'll put the link inside the show notes for you guys to go attend it. It's a free event. And essentially it's going to be a continuation of what I'm talking about today. So you're going to have what five different speakers Yeah, I can count five different speakers. Sorry, again, my brain is is foggy right now. Five different speakers talking about how you can ignite your year coming forward. So uh, I will place that in the show notes. So put that on your calendar if you wanna check it out. Ignite your year. I'm blessed to be there. So thank you, Linda, if you're watching for inviting me. I always love doing these kinds of things. You know, it's whatever I could do. Honestly, it's in my goals every single year. Whatever I could do to impact the world positively. And actually I do that every single day. God's honest truth. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I say what I'm grateful for. And oftentimes it's a lot of the same things, but what I do is I also incorporate new things. So I find other things to be grateful for. I'm grateful for the fact that you know we have our freedom. I'm grateful for the fact that I've got this home. I'm grateful for the fact that I have technology where I can connect to people all over the world, wherever it might be, I find gratitude in things because the way you start your day is really paramount and how you're going to continue your day and how you're gonna finish your day. I found this out personally. So tonight's broadcast, we're gonna be talking all about how we can recap this current year, kind of look at our wins and our challenges, and uh some questions that we can ask ourselves and then also how we can plan our next year and what's interesting is every year i go out and i ask people like you know what processes and what methods do you use to go out there and to uh, plan your year to recap your year and i find surprisingly a lot of people don't spend the time to really sit down and most importantly recap their current year a lot of people set their goals and do new year's resolutions and things of that nature but how many of us really sit down and kind of look look at our wins and our challenges for the current year and really kind of give ourselves a bone as to what we've accomplished and maybe what we went after and maybe weren't successful for. But also in that same time, the challenges that we, we we incurred and how we were able to learn from those. And maybe that's something we're going to put on our radar for next year to continue that growth opportunity. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. But the one thing I want you to know is that you can ask me any questions, any questions you have about goal planning, mindset, recapping the year, anything that you need to know the answer to, to help you, um, have a kick-ass year next year, by all means, feel free to put that in the chat. If you're watching this on replay, still feel free to put it in the chat. I get a notification anytime uh, somebody puts a new comment in there, or the best way to get an answer is to directly ask me. So you can feel free all all the time to go into Facebook messenger and send me that question. I'm happy to answer those things because that's my, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to serve. I'm here to make the world a better place for who I am and what I do every single day. And so I'm going to be sharing with you some, my strategies and tips. Of what it is that I do for myself, and what I do with my my business coaching clients and my personal one on one coaching clients, um, for us to really kind of just take stock of what it is that's, that's been happening in our lives. So, thank you guys all for being here. I appreciate you guys. And um, so again, no 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 problem asking me questions. So. The first thing I really want to do is like take a look at at recapping this year. One of the things that I've started to do when I was in business, especially, is we would go back through and we would look at our budgets and we would look at our our goals that we set for for ourselves and then also the goals that we set for our staff. And we would go uh, through those files and go through those 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 list of goals and say, Hey, did we achieve that? You know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, ten being absolute. How what scale did we achieve this particular goal? Do we do we absolutely 100% achieve it? Do we achieve it like on a scale scale of one like a seven? you know what were some of the things that we did and you know more importantly in looking at some of the goals that we have we got to look at the things that worked and the things that didn't work So that's super important. You know, when you're reflecting a pack on this year, like for me, I was going to use some personal examples. Um, like for me this year, I set out a goal to have more Instagram subscribers and more YouTube subscribers. And I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I mean, it's not important, but what I do is I sit down and I look at that goal and I sit there and say, okay, by what percentage did I accomplish this? And this is something I want to keep on my radar for coming up next year. It's super important. Um, Oh, hang on a sec. I got, I got shiny objects, uh, syndrome. Uh, Robert says here, grateful for you. You're grateful for you too, brother. Um, races. I'm in, I'm a new year's baby. One unstoppable comment for me. I think that is all right. Ray, your new year's baby. Uh, we got Kimberly in the house. What's the best approach when you want to change careers? Ooh, Kimberly, that's a great question. Thank you for coming in. That's coming in from LinkedIn. So thank you for that. Um, let me actually just ask that answer that question real quick. Um, actually I got a, a beautiful friend of mine, Mary Kay who was usually watching this, she may be popping in later. She's actually a career coach. She has great advice on this. But for me, when I think about this, you know, honestly, back in November of 2019, I had a, uh, I ended my corporate career. So from, uh, from as long as I can remember, uh, since I was about 18 years old, I worked in some some sort of corporate uh, situation. And in November of 2019, I found myself being com- comfortably miserable. It's something that I talked to my coaching clients quite a bit about. I was in this successful corporate career. I'd been there for over 26 years. Um, you know, my zone of excellence, you know, not my zone of genius. If you guys have read the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendrix, which I highly, highly recommend. And I decided, you know, I've been coaching and speaking for over 15, 20 years now and was looking at like, when am I going to make that transition? When am I going to go from my full-time comfortable job, you know, making six figures to going after my coaching and my speaking and my books and my podcast and everything else full-time. And I was kind of like straddling that fence all along, you know, for like, especially the last 10 years, describing
1: myself as being comfortably miserable. And, uh, I don't know, my, my computer just flashed. So I'm not sure if it
0: flashed for you guys. We've been having internet issues here in uh, Riverside County. So hopefully this broadcast will come through to you, but, uh, Kimberly, yes. When you want to change careers, I think that is brilliant because you got to ask yourself, am I happy in this current career? Yes or no. And if you're not, then it's about really establishing what are the steps to be able to make sure that I can make that effective transition and what things are most important to me in that transition for, for what I want my legacy to be about. Everything we're gonna be talking about in tonight's show is really about fulfilling that legacy, like recapping this current year. Did I fulfill the legacy that I set out for myself? What legacy do I really want for myself next year? And when you're changing careers, um, it depends on what kind of careers you're talking about. So if you can if you can give me a little bit more information, that would be great. But when I when I think about it, number one, is talking to my mentors and my coaches. Um, it's brilliant to go and get outside perspectives and opinions based on what it is that you got going on so that you can see all the different aspects of a particular situation that you're looking at. Because sometimes we have a, a, a pointed view, if you will. We want something to particularly happen, but we're, we go out and ask people's advice. And oftentimes if there are people that like us and they know that what we want, they're going to tell us, yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. But it's always great to have a third party to be able to sit there and ask you some pretty strong questions to sit there and say, okay, how bad do you really want this. And as far as like changing careers, I think about the best approach is to go in it all, 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 all in, like really, you know, uh, one of the aspects that I was just teaching somebody recently, they want to own a restaurant one day. And I said, you know, smart, I was, I was being a smart ass. And I said, well, have you worked in a, have you ever worked in a restaurant? Oh yeah. I did when I was 18 years old. And I'm like, okay, here's something I suggest if you, if you want to go own a restaurant, if you want to go out and, you know, basically do a, um, what is it, uh, a licensee or something like that? I said, go work for a restaurant for six months. Go work there and see how the operations are are handled. Go see what the customer situations are. Go out there and see you know, what type of, of insurance and different things of that nature they need to have. Go immerse yourself in that experience and see if it's something that you really wanna do because oftentimes we get... Um, we get the, the rainbow glasses and we think, Oh, when I go do this, you know, this is what it's going to be. This is what I see other people doing, or this is what I've seen on TV and movies. God's honest truth. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a California highway patrol officer. Guess why? If you guys are over 40, you probably know there was a show called chips. I wanted to ride a motorcycle on freeways all day, you know, picking up on hot girls and, 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 you know, and solving crimes and mysteries. So I wanted to be a California highway patrol person. When I got older, I actually met a California highway patrol person and I spent about an hour with the person. Actually, I have a good friend of mine today that is, is, is a California Highway patrol officer. And it was amazing when they started sharing me the reality of what it really is, not the glamorized look of what it was on
1: television. Um, my perspective about wanting to become a, a California highway patrol officer Uh, my screen keeps flashing. I apologize
0: for that because I currently work in public health and I'm grateful for my job, but I desire to do something more creative. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So when I think about that, obviously you got to think about, okay, what responsibilities do I have financially? Uh, Time-wise, if you know when I was single and uh, and out there, you know switching a job for me wasn't that big of a deal, or switching a career wasn't that big. So, if your family's involved, obviously you got to get their input and their feedback on it. You want their support, um, and ultimately, when I think about. You know, going from something that you're grateful for, but to do something more creative. The thing that I found, and I find the most that I work with my coaching clients is, is do exactly what I did. Like I was a coach and I was a speaker alongside my day job for many, many, many years, probably way too many years until ultimately I had enough. And I just got to the breaking point and me and the organization, truth be told, we came to a, a amicable ways and they sent me packing. And I said, thank you very much. And I'd have never, ever never looked back. Now is entrepreneurial is entrepreneurialism for everybody. No, I mean, it takes, it takes a a brass, a brass set of, you know what, and it takes a lot of tenacity. It takes uh, creativity. It takes the ability to have relationships and connect with people. So, you know, doing something more creative, I would highly suggest if you haven't done it already is to try to do, have that as your side hustle. And I actually, I just read an article today that was talking about what are some emerging trends for 2023. And one of those is really, you know, making your side hustle, um, a little bit more prevalent in your life, you know, being what I call a switch hitter or becoming a a free agent. You know, when you think about it, I've got a buddy who is a photographer, he's a teacher, he's a corporate guy, and he has, um, he has an independent redistributor situation. So he's got all these different things that he's able to utilize his ADHD, like his, his inattention to do all these different things. And he's very successful at it. So it keeps him intrigued and it keeps him going. So when you want to do something more creative, it's like, how can I do this? And then what's my expectation? So I would say, you know, go do that for a couple of years. And as you do it, grow it, scale it and find out what the opportunities are there and give yourself a a cutoff point. You know, so oftentimes that, you know, people come to me for coaching and they're like, you know, Chris, I need to make as much money in my side hustle as I do my day job in order for me to quit it. Well, obviously that's not going to happen. You know, there is not any way that you can fully support two full-time careers, you know, literally launching a business and expect you to be able to get to a spot where you can jump off at the same amount you're going to be, you're actually currently making. I was not in that situation. I jumped and I actually lost about 60% of my uh, earning income right away. Not to mention the benefits and everything else that I had, but I was willing to take that risk. And for the three-year investment, you know, most businesses need to see a a financial result within three to five years. And so I gave myself that that opportunity. I said, okay, I got 2020, I got 2021, and I got 2022. And guess where I'm at? Guess what I'm evaluating? I'm taking a look at what this transition has meant for me financially, what it's meant for me spiritually, what it's meant for me health-wise. I can tell you this, that by not sitting in traffic and not dealing with the corporate bullshit all the time, I probably saved myself, uh, probably added 10 years back on my life. And that was one of the big things for me was longevity. Having a six-year-old son, being in my 50s, thinking about that, I don't want to die on the freeway from a heart attack because I'm yelling at some stupid idiot who doesn't know how to use their turn signal. I don't want to die at work because I'm overworking myself trying to build somebody else's dream. I want to live my dream. And for me, I decided that the financial aspect of it wasn't as important as the mental health aspect of it and spending time with my family and being here with my family um, because I am a go-getter and I tend to be a workaholic. So in that corporate position, you know, I found myself doing so much for everybody else, but not doing it for myself. So for me, when I think about Um, going to change those careers. It's about that excitement. Is that excitement going to get me through those, 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 that drudgery of trying to start a new business and get new clients and everything else. So if you're doing a side hustle, you have that ability to do that and you get an ability to experiment and kind of have some fun with it as opposed to looking at it as your sole source of income but i've i've made recommendations to people before if they've been single and they have a high you know mortgage or a high rent or whatever it is i'm like you know go go rent a room from somebody you know really lower all your expenses and go out there and really nail it and be able to experience what it's like to build that business from the ground up if you have that opportunity Obviously, if you have a family, then I think the side hustle is the best bet. But I'm happy to get with you um, privately, just for you watching this and uh, and and sharing the question with me. I'm happy to to go offline with you and see if I can give you some additional advice because trying to do it right here is is a little bit uh, is a little bit challenging. But I hope that helps you. Um, so yes, uh, thank you. I think uh, you guys are seeing that uh, that it was fl- flashing because I think Robert said it was okay. with was me. Um, so I hope that has helped. Kimberly looks like she says yes here. We got some. Crap coming in from uh, some girls, 69 XYZ. I Y, Z. I don't know why this keeps coming up. It started coming up last week and it's crazy. I got Woody in the house. He goes, Hey man, you look like a cop. Ha ha ha. I look like a cop. <laughs> You're kidding me. I look like a California highway patrolman. Um. So I hope that helps. But yeah, again, any questions you guys want to ask me, obviously let me know. So again, going kind of going back, what's up, Nelly? Nelly's in the house. It's her birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nelly. Happy birthday to you. Thank you for being here. Um, and Kimberly says here, just for the rest of you guys listening or watching, she goes, thanks. I appreciate your feedback. Absolutely. I say go for your dreams. You know, there's a great book out there, like I just mentioned it before, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And it talks about the fact that most often, you know, we can operate in our zone of um, our zone of greatness, our zone of excellence and our zone of genius. And for me, leadership, I have a master's degree in organizational management. Again, spent over 26 years in corporate business and, and executive leadership and things of that nature, international business travel and everything else but my zone of genius is coaching is doing this is helping inspire people to think differently about their past present and their future to share my story whether it's on stages or in podcasts or through the book that i'm writing right now that's my zone of genius and so in that book it talks about the fact that we have these upper limit problems so we'll upper limit ourselves we'll actually give ourselves excuses to say why we can't you know be in our zone of genius all the time so in that book it really asks a lot of poignant questions to sit there and ask ourselves how we can identify those limiting perspectives up above, you know, that that are holding us back, that ceiling and how we can navigate around those things to really be in our zone of genius all day long. And that's something that I've been massively, uh, pursuing over the last three years, especially because I made that leap and I don't regret it whatsoever. I mean, to, to be in that free fall. Um, there's a great video out there by Steve Harvey. It's called jump. I'm sure my buddy Ray's going to put the link in there. It's by Steve Harvey. It's jump. It's like a minute and 23 seconds. And in that video, my coach had me look at it back in 2019. And I was sitting there like, you know, all these people are doing these things and, you know, they're, you know, we often compare ourselves to what everybody else is doing. So ultimately, you know, he talks about the fact that when you look and like, oh, your friends are doing this and these people are doing this and they're flying, they're going to the south of France and they're, they're buying these new cars and they're taking vacations and everything else. He says, they jumped, they jumped, they jumped. And guess what? When you jump, your parachute's not going to open. Your back's going to get scratched up. You're going to feel scary. There's going to be the adrenaline rush. Your, your, your chute's not going to open. You're going to get banged up. You're going to be scared. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, your shoot will open. But what he says, and I know I'm butchering this a little bit, but he says, if you never jump, your shoot never opens. So when you think about that, you know, there's a book out there also the five regrets of the dying, the top regret of the dying. If you guys heard the show, you know, this, the top regret of the dying is that we live the life that we thought we were supposed to live and we didn't live the life that we wanted to live. Meaning, you know, we went and we, dad wanted us to become a lawyer. We became a lawyer. Mom wanted us to become a banker. We became a banker. We wanted to become a, a ballerina or a, a rock star or something like that. And we put our goals and dreams aside to fulfill the, what everybody else wanted for us. And then you get to the end of your road, you get to the end of your life and you're looking back on, man, I'm not happy that I, that I forgave, that I, that I, that I put all of my dreams aside for somebody else you know, because that person's most likely dead. Now, most likely we were doing things to impress people who really didn't care about us anyway. And it was all about that ego validation. So ultimately at the end of the day, I say, go after your dreams because I keep this little gizmo right in front of me, not my cat, but this, right. you think about this, you heard the term three feet, three feet from gold. You never know how close you are. Never give up on your dreams. So if something is a burning desire within you, then you need to go through that. And again, kind of getting back to the conversation tonight is talking about recapping this current year. Ask yourself this question. What were my challenges challenges this year? So write down your challenges. What did I learn from these challenges? And progressively, what is it that I'm going to do and focus on in 2023 to overcome those challenges? Maybe you haven't overcome them yet, but those are current challenges that you're facing and that you want to focus on that to make sure that you rise above those challenges. So you can put them in the past and you can sit there and say, now, what was a challenge is now a strength. So for me, I think one of my challenges is sales, just God's honest truth. I love serving people. I love helping people, but for me to close a sale and do all that stuff is not in my wheelhouse, not yet. So again, the, the words that we use are, are super powerful. So not yet. So in my goal planning for next year, Uh, I'm looking at reading some sales books and maybe taking a sales course or maybe having a sales coach help me work on my closing strategies and things of that nature, because what we do as entrepreneurs is sales. It really is. And I've never been one to sell people. So I've learned the difference between selling and offering. So I've made progress, but that's another area that I want to continue to focus on so that I can have that generate. So I can generate that income uh, for me and my family to be able to enjoy things. And ultimately the, the philanthropic aspect of why I want to make more money is to be able to donate more money and to make more impact in the nonprofit sector with the board of directors I'm on with help heal humanity. So, you know, in recapping that year, um, another thing is like, you know, what were the factors contributing to the wins? Like, okay, so I had this win and I I closed this deal and I, and I got this. So what were the contributing factors to that? What was happening in your life when those things were happening? Because oftentimes we sit there and think, well, man, I crushed it in the first quarter, but the rest of the year I didn't do so well. What were you doing in the first quarter? Think about that. Oh, and I've talked to people like, oh yeah, because it was January, I went on this health kick. And for the first three months, I didn't have any alcohol or sugar or gluten. Oh, okay. Wow. So I had that much success while I was doing that thing, but then the rest of the year wasn't so much success. Did I fall off the wagon? Did I go back deeper into my addiction or whatever it might be? Maybe. So really taking a look at, okay, our losses, what it is that I learned from it? What is it that I can move forward in the next year to be able to continue to learn about? And what were my wins? And what factors contributed to that also? Because often we look at our wins, we like, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this. But we never really kind of go and do that deep dive to sit there and say, okay, here's the contributing factors to that. Here's the people I had on my team while that situation was going on. Maybe you had a project team and you're sitting there looking at like, man, I need to incorporate more of those people on my project team next year to make sure that I continue to have those successes. So oftentimes we sit there and we think, okay, I've got that part nailed. I don't need to focus on the wins, but you do. You need to focus on the wins and the challenges to be able to say, okay, what is it that I learned from it? And what can I keep, what can i uh what can i let go and what can i keep doing another thing that you can ask yourself a powerful question is just to say and you guys may have heard me talking about this on the show before what am i tolerating right when you when you get to the end of the year and you, you get get out your pad of paper get out your pad of paper and just ask yourself what am i tolerating for myself what am i tolerating from others what am i tolerating from inanimate objects and you think about that all the different areas that you may be tolerating things at the end of the year if you can sit there and say if you're tolerating 20 things what would life look like if you didn't tolerate three of those things, or maybe, maybe the three, three things of the low hanging fruit. Maybe there's one thing. If you weren't tolerating that anymore from yourself or from other people, how much difference would that have in your personal life and your professional life? Maybe you tolerate yours from yourself that, that you're, you're, you get distracted easily right? Okay. So what can I do and focus on in 2023 that will help minimize my distractions so I can stay focused on my projects? I mean, that's something that I had to deal with many, many years ago. And so I decided I got, I tried different timers. I got a a traditional egg timer that I sat in front of me and I said, okay, I'm going to set the timer until that thing beeps. I'm going to focus on this one thing. I'm going to focus on this one thing. And then I learned about the, I think it's the Pompadero method, which is basically 40 minutes on a uh, on a project. And then 10 minutes taking a break and then 10 minutes to get to the next project. So I've tried all these different uh, modalities to help me stay focused because that's one of my excuses. That's one of the things I was tolerating was like, okay, I started 17 things, but I only finished three. How can we increase that ratio to say, that I'm going to finish and complete more. Was it the fact that I had so many because I didn't take the proper time to plan and really look at what the priority was for what I'm, for what I'm doing. And I want to really just kind of emphasize that for a second, the word priorities right? Like, what are my priorities? That came from the singular word priority. And so what usually happens, and you guys have all experienced this, you go to work and like, what's my priority boss? Priority A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm like, no, I only have these two hands and this one brain. So I only need to know what the priority is. But what has happened over time is people have, have duplicated the amount of priorities that we have. And then how do we facilitate that as still one person? So we can get distracted. We can drop the ball on certain things. So for me, like how can I increase my focus and my concentration? Um, can Can I look at different ADHD medicine? Can I sit there and read more books about this? I read a book by Dr. Gabor Mate called scattered. It's a brilliant brilliant book talking about ADHD. I thought ADHD was a neuro- neurological situation that caused my brain not to be able to focus, but what I found out it was is really it's caused by the the lack of attention that we get in our in our formative years as babies and as young kids. So we have to find ways to distract ourselves because of that inattention, that that what we didn't get. So Once I found out it was more of an emotional situation, I was able to start looking at myself and my actions a little bit differently to find more opportunities for focus. One of the other things that I asked myself in that situation, like, okay, where do I get distracted most? Obviously, when we ask ourselves questions and we are honest with those situations, we can have different answers. So I get distracted a lot here in my studio. So what have I done over the years? I grab my laptop. I grab my cup of water and I go out to the beach. I go out to a park. I go to a library. I go to Starbucks. I go somewhere else where my only focus can be on one screen. I'm pointing to my iPad right now. So when you think about that, what opportunities do you have for solutions to to help fix and mitigate some of the challenges you've had this particular year? Hope this all makes sense to you guys we got lee lisa in the house what's up lisa she goes yeah prioritize thank you lisa i appreciate you being here we got christopher casen in the house what's up chris he says also why it is important to journal at all throughout the year um let me see i just want to see if you asked another question before that because it looked like it was an and um great question chris why is it important to journal all throughout the year, because then you're able to go back and reflect upon some of your wins and your challenges. For me, I journal every single day. A lot of times I will just journal with, um, it's not up here, but I use a digital voice recorder. So I actually just pick up the digital voice, digital voice recorder, record my thoughts and my notes in there. I label it as whatever day it is. And then I can go back and actually I plug it into my computer and I use Dragon actually Speaking to transcribe that voice recording because I type a lot all, all throughout the day. So when you do that you can actually go through and when you have those journals uh transcribed you can go and search so you can search a, a set of documents and say okay look for the word challenge and so it'll bring up in the, the those documents what your challenges were but the other thing i like i recommend to you guys is i have a little book a little book you get it from the 99 cent store like these little composition books and this one is called notes and reminders for me so this particular one are all wins so whenever I have a particular win for that day, I write down the note and I put it in there and I write down my notes. So at the end of the year, this is another aspect is I just pick this book up or what I actually really do this book for is when I'm having a down day. And I sit there and I need to go back and be reminded of all the positive things that have happened. So I put accolades in here. Um, I put the successes I've had with particular speaking gigs or coaching clients or whatever it might be me personally, professionally. And I put this in there and I remind myself, wow, oh my God. Um, or I put little reminders in here. Uh, will you be happy with this choice? Will you be, will I be happy with this choice now tomorrow morning? So when we sit there and we think about the things that we're doing today, we might imbibe a little bit more with food or drink or whatever else, but ask yourself, am I going to be happy with this decision tomorrow that you're making right now? If you're not going to be happy with that decision tomorrow, don't make that decision. A yes today, stop yourself. So I have little things in there. So I think journaling is is, is super powerful. Um, doing it by hand is is especially powerful because there's something that happens, there's a there's a there's a connection that's made, an agreement, if you will, when we write things down manually. So if you write your goals down, when you write your goals down. Um, write them down manually there's a there's a there's a contract that's that's made because you're actually taking those thoughts and those actions and putting them outside of yourself onto paper and so there's like this little bit of agreement that's made so i'm a big fan of that as well so i think um yes journaling is is super important um because it also it's an opportunity for us to get real honest with ourselves because so oftentimes we're afraid to be honest with other people because we're we're in fear of judgment we're in fear of not being enough all these different things but i i subscribe to the to the, to the the philosophy and the policy. Honesty is your best friend, especially with yourself. Like when you ask yourself, am I happy with this person? Yes or no. Am I happy with this job? Yes or no. Am I happy with the way I look right now? Yes or no. When you answer yourself, honestly, that is a good thing. That's a great thing because from that point forward, you can sit there and say, yeah, it sucks, but what am I going to do? What's plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, If I don't like the way I look about myself, what are the things that I want to change? What kind of work is that going to need for me to change? Do I need outside resources to help that make that happen? Maybe I've been trying to lose weight and get into shape for the last 20 years, but I just haven't done it. What would life be like if I made the investment to get a trainer for the next six months and actually break that ceiling, break that limiting belief that gay Hendricks talks about to be able to go onto that next level. How much different would I feel? Will I feel when I do X, Y, and Z? How much different, how much more would I get done if I lost 20 pounds and felt that I looked better? How much more would I get done if I had more stamina and energy to play with my kids and, and to do my side hustle, things of that nature. So yes, I believe that we all need to do that. So it definitely is important to uh, to journal. Thank you guys all for being here. I appreciate you guys. I'm sorry, I'm like feeling like blah, I am. Uh, I'm like super hot right now. So I'm like, oh, uh, but uh, I, didn't, uh, I did not wanna disappoint you guys. And I think, uh, Ray is, uh, Ray's got the, uh, the, the gizmo up here. You know what actually I want to do? If you guys will, if you guys will allow me to do this since this is live and we are, um, we are just having a little bit of fun here. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me do something for you guys. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's please hold, please hold. Let's do this. I'm going to do this with you guys. Um, since it's not that long and let's, uh, Let's see, let's do this, do this, please hold. I want you guys to see this. This is uh, this is important. This is important. We're going to say, share our audio. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Minute and 54 seconds. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. Thank you, Ray.
1: Okay. Here's deal. If you want to be successful, here's the thing you have to do. You have to jump. There is no way around it. You have to jump. Every successful person has jumped. You got to jump. You got to take a leap of faith. You got to dash off that cliff, and you got to jump out there as far as you can. Now, a lot of times you stand on the cliff of life, and you see other people soaring by gliding down like a bird flying through the air. You know, they're going over to the south of France. You see them on a boat somewhere. You see their family vacation in here, their family vacation in there. You see them dressing like this. You see them in New York then you see them in London. They fly by. You know why? It's because they parachute open. But the only way to get your parachute to open so you can sort, you got to jump. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem, my friends. When you jump, I can assure you one thing. You listening? I promise you this: your parachute will not open right away. No, that's the fear part. I promise you, your parachute will not open right away. You're gonna hit the sides of the rocks. You're gonna tear your back out on the cliff. You're gonna you're gonna cut yourself. You're gonna get wounded. You're gonna get some pads and stuff like that. But eventually, parachute will open, and then you'll be safe. But here's the other cat, yeah. And the teacher this right, right here. here. If, you if you do not jump, I promise
0: you one you thing, your parish will parish never will own. It. So you're you safe, but you'll you never soar, you got, got to jump. jump. I got it. You are safe, but you will never soar. Mm. Who wants that on a tombstone? He was safe, but he never soared. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Uh, Steve Harvey, jump. Wanted to share that with you guys because we're doing this live and we can have a little bit of fun, have a little bit more creativity in all of this in here. Um, So, yeah. What would you guys think of that? What did you think about that, ladies and gentlemen? Um... Uh, Kimberly says here, that's big. What am I tolerating? Oh, <laughs> that is massively huge. That's uh, something I do with all my coaching clients and I do it with myself. And it's uh, pretty crazy what it is that you can come up with. I've had many, many, many coaching clients come to me inevitably and I'll, I'll ask them, I'll give them this this uh, exercise. I'll say, okay, over the course of the next seven days before we meet again, I want you to write down those three things. What are you tolerating from yourself? What are you tolerating from others? What are you tolerating from inanimate objects? They'll come to me a week later and they'll have about five or six things in each one of the categories. And inevitably, most people will say, oh my God, I didn't realize there was this, there was this many. Usually by the time, this is like the, you know, depending on where I'm at, which, how I'm coaching them and what I'm coaching them for, um, I will most likely know whether that's that's real or not. And then I'll, if I know it's not real, I'll sit there and say, you know what? I think you might be missing a few. So grab yourself a little notebook or something like that or your phone and really pay attention to those things that you're tolerating. And and I swear to God, on my life, they come back to me with a whole bunch more and with their head in their hands, going, How did I let this happen? How did I let this happen? Because most often we don't we don't realize what it is that we're tolerating. We don't realize how much stuff we really have on our back. You know, it's much like looking at your Wi-Fi system and all of a sudden going on your Wi-Fi system and going, Wow, I didn't realize there was 60. Two devices connected to my Wi-Fi. No wonder it sucks because it's taken away your bandwidth because you have so much stuff taken at you. How do you have any strength and resiliency to go after the things that are most important, that priority? So when I want you to think about that priority, what does that priority look like in terms of how will I be remembered if I die tomorrow? What is my priority? So for me, it's serving. It's about making this world a better place for who I am and what I do. If This is the last thing I ever do. And my son comes and looks at it. He's like, was dad living his legacy? Absolutely. hundred percent. How do we get to that legacy? You guys have been falling on the show for any length of time. You know what I'm going to talk about. You got to write your eulogy. Once you write your eulogy and how you want to be remembered, you start working backwards with that. And if there's anything on that tolerations list that does not lend to that legacy, you have to say so long. You have to say so long. You can't, you can't continue taking on everything, doing everything for everybody else and hope, wish and pray that someday you are going to get to have your, your cake and eat it too. That's not the case. You know, I had one coaching client who, when we did this exercise, she was really frustrated with herself and her life. And she's like, I don't feel like I can do anything. And I said, you can do something. You know, she was talking about how many things she did for her family. Well, I got to make their lunches and I got to do their laundry and I got to do this and I got to do this. I'm like, what would it look like if your family pitched in and and contributed on some of these things and allowed you an hour or so a day to be able to focus on what it is that you want to do. Focus on your side hustle. Oh, you don't understand my husband, this, my kids want that and they blah, blah, blah. It'll never work. They will. Really? Really? So let me ask you a question, miss lady. Um, the old adage if you got hit by a bus tomorrow would your husband and your kids no longer eat would you no longer have clean would they no longer have clean clothes would their house no longer get clean what what does that look like you know you die tomorrow what's going to happen and inevitably they kind of look up I mean, this is on a zoom call and you're like i see what you're saying i'm like yeah you have to get tough you have to sit there and draw the line and say listen guys i've been doing this shit for 17 years i can't do it anymore i'm not going to do it anymore Guess what? We're going to have a class on how to do your laundry. Starts right here. Here's what we're going to do. I want to put a little cheat sheet up on the laundry room that says, Here's how you do your laundry. Here's how you fold your laundry. Here's how you put your laundry away, ladies and gentlemen. And success story after success story of people who have owned their place in the house, owned their place in the world, started prioritizing themselves and their legacy first, were able to actually not put more work on other people, but actually empower other people to become stronger for themselves, especially their kids. I've heard stories, horror stories, like my, like, how old is your kid? What are they like, you know, six or seven? No, my kid's 18. like, wait a minute. Your, your fucking kid doesn't do his own laundry. He's 18 years old. Like what kind of success are you setting them up for? Well, I know I kind of realize that. So when you think about looking past on your year, review some of that stuff, look at your tolerations, because if you're looking at it, some of your excuses, is I don't have enough time. Then where is it? You're going to get the time from. Let me give you something scary right now, depending on where you guys are at in your, in your healing journey and your life journey. Um, think about this, like the average life expectancy right now, I think is somewhere on average for men and women about 78 years old. So when you think about 78 years old, um, I'm 54, you can do that math, right? So what is that? I'm to Let me see if I can do this real quick. Um, so 78 minus 54, I'll be 54 next year, 24 years, 24 years, ladies and gentlemen, Average life to I have 24 years left. Here's here's how it sounds differently. I have 24 summers left 24 summers. That doesn't sound like very much at all. Does it? It sounds kind of actually kind of scary sometimes. And me being the no excuses coach, we have to put fear into our lives. We have to put leverage into our lives. Otherwise we're going to stay complacent and continue to doing that hope, wish and pray shit that someday we're going to be happy. And someday we're going to go after our dreams with only 24 summers left, I don't have a lot of time. So that creates more leverage and more of a priority to sit there and examine the things in my life and what am I doing and really what is going to be the best to create that legacy that I said before. And essentially what it is, if you guys are new, Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked risked for which that mattered and he will left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And that's what I got when I wrote my eulogy. So when you're planning out your goals for next year, Have that eulogy in mind, have that legacy in mind and ask yourself, does this lend to fulfilling that legacy? Yes or no. There's no in between. It's either yes or no. You want definitive answers. You want to be decisive. You don't in between shit anymore because that's what you've been dealing with all your life and that's why you are where you're at. And that's not that a bad place, but so oftentimes we're trying to do so much that we never get anything done. my friend linda's in the house what's up linda she says not about time it's about managing activities what's up linda thank you for being here sweetheart it's been a minute i appreciate you being here yes absolutely you know it's it's about managing our our activities and um you know the priority what is your priority i can tell you this my priority for next year is my health my mental health my physical health and everything else and i take pretty good care of myself actually all things being honest Uh, Linda was my, my, my life coach, my health, my health and nutrition coach, uh, back in the day. And she taught me quite a bit. And so I've always been good, like 80% of the time and kind of a little rough on the 20% of the time with drinking and, you know, fried foods and stuff like that. But as I continue to get older and I look at this legacy and I look at this priority, the priority for me is to be here for my son and be there, be as a a dad and a granddad for, for his kids. You know, like all the, all the fame and all the wealth and everything else is not, nearly as important as the fact to be here for that so what's my priority my mental health and my physical health next year like taking it up a notch every year i take it up a notch a little bit more because i realize the fact that we can't go back and i'm not getting any younger so the priority for me next year is really my mental and physical health to make sure that happens so thank you linda for inspiring me on that um and then looking at those goals and do they support this do they support this so when we think about um you know the recapping of the year that's one thing But the other part of it is uh, to really like look at um, look at the fact of um, as far as people goes, you know, what people in our relationships in our lives do we need to take a look at as well? Sorry, I'm looking for something that I had my notes on. This is one of those shows that I can't go by head, can't go by head. So I made some notes for you guys. You know, one of the things we can look at is what relationships are no longer serving me, you know, so oftentimes we hang on to people in relationships because, oh, we've been friends for this long and everything else. Does this relationship provide me value? Yes or no. Is this relationship feel like a burden to me? Yes or no. Start asking yourself some important questions. And not that you have to kick people to the curb and say goodbye to them forever, but they no longer hold that priority place in your life. Because let me tell you something. Stephen Covey said in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said, you're like the five people you're around the most. So take out that pen and paper again and write down the five people you're around the most. And are they supportive? Yes or no. Do they encourage you to go after your dreams? Do they encourage you to take risks? Or do they tell you to play it safe? Do they tell you to, to, to hope, wish, and pray? You know, those people are good people. I'm not getting, don't get me wrong, but you need people like me in your life, the no excuses coach and sit there and say, okay, ask you the tough questions, make you answer them honestly, because that is the growth that's going to drive you to get to that next level. Otherwise you're going to stay complacent. You're going to stay mediocre. And again, when you think about questions, ask yourself this, when did it become acceptable to be mediocre? When did it become acceptable to tolerate so much bullshit in my life that I don't deserve? When did it become okay? When did it become And answer yourself, honestly? And if it's not okay, then guess what? You have to make those changes. So uh, yes, yes, yes. And when we think about um, another aspect of this from a business standpoint, I want to include this for my entrepreneur friends, my business friends out there, take a look at your contracts. Take a look at all the contracts, the business contracts you have, because things change. The economy is changing right now. So there's an opportunity for you to renegotiate many of your contracts and probably get a better discount. But so often we sit there and say, I've got a three-year agreement. I can't break that agreement or I have to wait until that agreement comes up. For me personally, I've known personally and professionally, you can go back and renegotiate those contracts and save yourself some money. So take a look from a business standpoint as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, what expenses, what are my highest expenses? And is there an opportunity for me to, to shop that out? Is there an opportunity for me to renegotiate that contract? Have the aspects of my business changed so that I can negotiate maybe a better rate for my customers in a particular area? For me, I was very uh, very uh, involved in logistics and transportation, international uh, logistics. And so what we found is once we start having customers in more of a, a particular area, like say for Mexico, I would go back to DHL and FedEx and say, okay, listen, our business has increased 37% down to Mexico. You're offering us a 20% discount based on the volumes two years ago. Now we have these volumes. What can you do for us today? And then be able to, renegoti- to renegotiate those rates in such a way that we can go back to our customers and say, guess what we just did for you? We renegotiated the rates. So your shipping costs are going to be a little bit less expensive and still us on the business side of things are still going to take a little bit of a profit for it. So there's a win-win situation out of that. Another thing that I, I highly recommend for business owners and entrepreneurs to do is to take a look at your policies and procedures. What policies and procedures do we have in place, especially with our customers, that we can modify to make it easier to do business with? That should be really something that's centered and focused in your business plan, um, especially is to sit there and say, how can we make it easier for our customers to do business with us? How can we provide more opportunities and services so that our customers will love us even more? You know, And one of those things that you can do is go out to your customers every single year and do a survey. How are we doing? What areas would you like to see improved? What additional services and, and, and products would you like to see? Get your customers involved and listen to them. Offer them an opportunity to call you and sit on the phone and do a Zoom call. Offer, you know, a, a $50 credit to your, to your services and to your products to get that. One-on-one feedback back from your customers because that direct honesty and that direct truth will enable you to look at the plans and the strategies you have for the coming year and potentially avoid something that might be a pitfall with your customers if it continues to go the way it's been going. Because oftentimes customers won't tell you what's good; they'll tell you what's bad, and oftentimes they'll tell you when it's bad after they're done doing business with you. So you want to avoid that as much as possible to make sure that you uh, make sure that you uh, you are capturing that stuff. Uh, let me see. Da, da, da. Um, yeah. Christopher says, uh, why wait until next year when you can start now? Absolutely. That's why I'm doing this. I start my business planning, my personal planning. We're usually in October. Um, and Linda says here, uh, your peeps should want to see you win and also make you a better version of you just like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Linda and I have been accountability partners off and on for over the years. Uh, and it's important to be able to do that. It's important to have somebody that you can count on to be honest with you and just sit there and say, Hey, am I screwing up? Yeah, you're screwing up. How can we get, how can we get you back on focus? Um, that's super important. So looking now at next year's plans, one of the things that I, that I absolutely, um, recommend is something I just talked about a little bit before is knowing that legacy, knowing what your eulogy is and being able to review that. Is that still who I'm about? Is that still what I want to accomplish? And if not, what revisions do I need to make necessary to this so that that acts as that huge leverage point for me to go and make those tough decisions or do that tough work that we don't necessarily feel like doing, but on the other side of things that we're glad we did. When you look back on your life and you think about all the different challenges you've had, and you think about all the wins that you've had, when did you grow and learn the most? When things were easy or when things were challenging? When things were easy or when things were challenging? When things were challenging, of course, but looking back on it, you don't want to go back and repeat that, but are you grateful for those challenges because you learn those things that you've applied in your life since absolutely that's how you get through those tough moments you just sit there and say okay listen i'm not going to appreciate this or really like this right now but on the other side of this challenge i'm going to find gratitude and i'm going to find significance in the fact that this moved my business forward this moved me forward it's just like anything else like if you're training to go up the swiss alps you know you're not going to like the training you're not going to necessarily like going up it but the view from the top to say that you're one of the few people that trained and was able to do that that's what life's about, ladies and gentlemen. When you put that extra effort in and you put and you do things that you don't feel like doing or you don't want to do, but yet you're still successful at it, and you look back at that, that's where strength comes from. That's where that ability to sit there and say, you know what, I handled all these um uncertain situations and I came through them and I learned things from them. So why wouldn't I continue to learn and grow from the the, the things that are going to come into my life now? It's a different way of putting a shift on that, that, that challenge because. If we, if we if we try to find things that are always easy, guess what? We're not gonna find the things that we really truly want because that adversity, that challenge is what we're here for. That's why we're here to grow. Uh, so when I think about that. The other aspect of, of reviewing next year's goals is to get your teams involved, get your business partner involved, get your family involved, get your kids involved, get everybody involved. Because when people are bought onto the plan that you are subscribing to, 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 to roll out for the following year, again, whether it's your, your business team or your, your family team, when they have that buy-in, when they have that ability to voice their concerns or, or voice the things that they want to see uh, added to it, then their their ability to support you when it comes time is that much greater as well. So if you sit there and say, "Okay, I'm thinking about training for a marathon next year. What do you guys think?" Well, what it's involved, Dad. Well, it's going to be it's going to involve this, this, and this. I'm going to need your support in these areas. Can you guys do that for me? Oh yeah, absolutely. So when it comes time and you start training for that thing, remember that discussion we had last year? Well, here's where the rubber meets the road. And here's the the things that you said you were going to take responsibility for. So I could train for this. Okay. What else can we do? So you've already got that initial buy-in to get those things bought and sold as far as the plans and the strategies goes for what it is that you want to work on. Um, another thing that I always recommend too, and you should have this, whether you're a business or a professional, or, I mean... (laughs) sorry, whether you're, uh, whether you're just an individual or you're a business owner is to take a look at your three, five and 10 year plans. Now, even if you're just Joe Schmo, you know, just living your life and doing your thing, you still have a three, five, 10 year plan. What is the plan for when I retire? This is something I have to get with my wife, honestly, and do for next year, because we're getting to that age. I'm going to be 54. She's going to be 44. What's the plan for retirement? Well, how much money do we need to, when we retire? What are our, what are the things are we going to do? Got to start talking about that now, not when you're 64 going, Hey, I'm going to retire next year. Let's see how our bills are. Let's see what's going on. we got to start proactively planning for up to that. So you should always have a three, five, 10 year plan. In addition to that, you should have a three, six and a nine month plan as well. What's the short-term goal? What's the long-term goal? And what are the milestones that we need to achieve by when in order to know whether those are successful or not? There's got to be some accountability in the game. And that's why people go out there and get coaches and accountability partners, because without that, you could just sit there and go, well, I'm just going to move that over there since I didn't get that done. I'm just going to move that over there. And now my goals are recentered. No, you want somebody in your ass and they're saying, Why didn't you achieve that? Was the goal too big? Was it not the right goal? Did you not put the right time period on it? What things do you need to modify about that and your thinking to make sure that the other goals are successful as well? You got to have a full framed approach. And when you're thinking about goal setting, I'm going to get to your comments here in a second, guys. Whew. I'm having a problem breathing. Um, when you think about goal setting, one of the most important aspects, really, of goal setting is not identifying the goal itself, not really identifying the measurable, but identifying what potentially could be the roadblocks in achieving that particular goal. We get we get this fantasy thing about oh, the goal is going to be this, and it's going to be so great, and da da da, and all I have to do are these three things. But then you have to sit there and think about okay, what's the obstacle? What's the challenge? We all went through that recently. Nobody could have predicted a pandemic, but in some respects, history repeats itself. So could there be another pandemic? Yes. Okay. When there is another pandemic, what do I need to do in my business to be able to shift and pivot um, so that I don't have any repercussions like I did this last time? You know, a pandemic may not be the next thing in the cards. It may be a natural disaster. If you're here in Southern California, we're 300 years overdue for a major earthquake. So what things in my business plan and my personal plan do I need to account for next year so that I'm prepared? Personally, I need to make sure I have enough water on hand. I need to make sure I have a backup generator, food on hand, whether they're, they're MREs, you know, the military things or whatever, have those plans in place, because here's the thing that I've learned. When you have a plan in place and you have the things to help in case that plan needs to be enacted, oftentimes you don't need it. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a lame example. Like when we used to go to the desert, uh, racing sand rails and stuff like that, you know, if somebody had an alternator and somebody had a starter and somebody had a carburetor, Sure enough, none of those things would break, but if we were missing something else, those things would break. So as a matter of planning, if we had those things on us, then we necessarily didn't always need them. So it's about being that proactive person without being you know, totally consumed by it, but looking at what that is. And, and one of the things that I really recommend in anything that we do is a good old-fashioned SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. List those out and get other people, get third-party people in there to look at those things, to ask those, those clarifying questions, because if you're just operating in a vacuum, you're not getting that opportunity to, to have that iron sharpens iron situation in that goal setting. And, and what it is that you're eventually going to produce, you know, having accountability partners is, is super huge because that way, um, you have somebody who's in your corner who, you know, gets you and has got you that you can be totally honest and vulnerable with, because as a business owner and as somebody just, you know, in our normal everyday lives, we can do it by ourselves, sure. I've proven that we can do it by ourselves, and I was that guy that did, always did it by himself. But when you have people on your team and you get a team of you know two to three or four people who are really in your corner and they have different um, uh, expertise or or uh, strengths that you need to feed off of, then you have that 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 whole unit that's going to help you become successful. But so many times we want to do it in a vacuum, we don't want to bother other people, or we simply don't want to make that investment in ourselves. But at the end of the day, can you afford to have three or four more years where you don't produce the results that you want? Can you, have, can you afford to have another three more years that has that hit your confidence level and everything else, your, your, your quality of life? Because as your quality of life starts to decline, as you start stop taking care of yourself as much, then that vicious cycle of insanity starts to come into play. We go to our short term short term gratifications or our addictions, and we forget about life. And then we come up from air, come up for air. Three years later, we're like, "Oh shit, I've been I've been ghosting. I've been i coasting. I haven't been doing the things that I really want to do in my life again to go back to that legacy. If I die tomorrow, will I be happy with the actions and the choices and the things that I did today? Yes or no?" I know for me, again, I set. I wake up in the morning, I set the intentions for what I'm going to do and who I'm going to be. And I set my goals for the day and I go about doing those things. And as I am, if I'm having a bad day, I ask myself, was this one of my intentions that I set this morning? If the answer is no, which most likely it isn't because I'm Farting off or being negative, then I ask myself, okay, what are one of the intentions that I set for myself this morning that I can do right now, by which doing so will redirect my 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 perspective to be more positive? So if I set the if I set the intention in the morning to use my words and my actions to make the world a better place, and I haven't done anything like that yet, I'll do a post, I'll do a walk a talk video, I'll do something to use that, so I can sit there and say, hey, I checked something off. I feel like I'm I'm moving in the right direction. What was another intention I set today, and how? What are the first steps I need to do to, in order to, to achieve that? And then hold myself accountable and continue to do that. It's not about getting 16 things done in one day. It's about getting one thing done that really floats your heart and lets you know that you're living on your purpose and your legacy, because time is is, is super, is super uh, um, it's one of the, the greatest commodities that we take for granted. And that, again, for me coming as a person who is now going to be almost four 54 years old, the things that come into your, your, your viewpoint and that that come into your realizations about who you are and what this life is about start to change dramatically. You know, for me, it was about being famous and doing all this stuff and impacting the world. But honestly, now it's about being a great husband and a great father to my son and to my wife, uh, using my words, and my actions every day to make the world a better place and to be happy with that and to continue using, um, you know, these opportunities to, to grow myself and to become stronger in the areas that I might be a little bit deficient in, but also at the same time delegating that stuff that I might not be so good at in order to focus on the things that I really excel at. So those are some ideas and suggestions for you. I could go on all about this stuff, but um, I just got to just give you an overview of some of the things that I use as far as recapping my current year and what I use to focus on the upcoming year. So I hope that this has provided you value in between my, um ability uh to not cough and sneeze in front of you guys um so thank you guys all for being here um let's see what we got here we got some other comments um let's see ray says here remind us what's christopher Roush's legacy uh i think i just said that my legacy will be to fight for what's right and what's fair to risk for which that mattered and to leave the earth a better place for who i was and what i did now what's yours ray um yeah we got angel in the house what's up angel she says Thought about that way back. People always need them, but I can't find them anywhere. I don't think about it anymore, but it's a great rev generator. I'm not sure what that, what that points to a rev generator, but thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Linda says here, thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let me know in the comments, what maybe some of the, the business practices or personal practices that you guys do as part of your year end recapping and your new year planning. Let me know because I'm always eager to learn as well. If there's anything I could do to support you guys, of course, you go, you know, I got you, you can go to noexcusescoach.com. You can find a, an opportunity to book a complimentary coaching session with me just because you're watching this anymore, because I found that, uh, people would take me up on that. Uh, and, uh, and come to the table with, with a whole bunch of different sort of problems. So that's my little gift for you guys here for watching this today, complimentary coaching session, courtesy of me. And a, here's another thing. If you don't know what to get your, your perfect friend or your perfect spouse, get them a coaching session with me. I'll work you out a deal. You can get, you can, we can, we can talk offline, but imagine that they open up their Christmas present on Christmas day and they find out they have a coaching session with the no excuses coach. And that's able to put their life ahead so much faster. They, maybe they've never had a coach. There's an awesome gift for the person who has it all. Uh, my beautiful friend, Linda says a reminder to do it anyways. Don't matter if there is fear, feel the fear and do it anyways. A book you sent me. Yep. I got it right up there. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Uh, thank you guys all for being here. I appreciate you guys. I didn't even know I was going to be able to go a whole hour, but uh, there we have, I'm going to go downstairs and have some chicken noodle soup. And uh, yes, and I'm going to tuck my son into bed and then go get in bed myself and try to sweat some of this stuff out. But thank you guys. I appreciate it. I love you guys. No excuses, We're going to be back here next Tuesday, next Tuesday. Who do we have with us next Tuesday? Let's see. Who do we have on the show next Tuesday? And by the way, if you guys know of people who would be a great guest on my show, let me know. Um, God's honest truth. I've been blessed with so many people recommending guests to me. I think we're booking into April already for this show. We saw the unfiltered experience so we're booking into February for that. But, uh, for this show, it's going gangbusters. We've got some amazing people coming up on the show. Good Lord. I just got introduced to somebody today. She used to be a runway model in the UK and now she's becoming a professional boxer. Um, we've got some other tremendous people that are going to be on here on the show pretty soon. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. And next week, who do we have coming up next week? We have Lisa Reed. Okay. So if you want to become a professional speaker, speak from stages or speak virtually, uh, offer training courses and things of that nature, Lisa is going to be our guest on next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So bring your notes, bring your questions, come to the conversation. I appreciate you guys. Go out there be brilliant. I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, Linda says here, lots of love and hugs to you. Angel says here, take care of yourself. Christopher Roush, feel better. Get some hot tea. Great show. Thank you, darling. I appreciate you. I'm coming to Chicago. I keep telling you that. We've got robert in the house saying love you back hi angel races uh ray second ghost uh come bake <laughs> i think it's come back uh and angel sitting here saying howdy robert i love you guys go out there be brilliant we'll see you next time here on the
1: raw and unscripted show I'm christopher Ausch.